Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Welcome to Spiritual Insights, everyone. I am Charlotte Spicer, executive producer and host of the show, energetic healer and channel for Yeshua, also known as Jesus. Thank you so much for tuning in from the United States and around the world. Today, we bring you The Nature of Reality with Bill Ferguson. Bill is here to offer us his insights as we explore a variety of topics. Bill shares my love for the psycho-spiritual approach to life and human nature and articulates his knowledge in a way that everyone can relate to, no matter your background. Bill's work has been referred to as the penicillin of psychology. He's been featured on Oprah and has worked with thousands of people around the world. He comes highly recommended by both the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post and offers private sessions to help you handle your current life situation. Visit MasteryOfLife.com to book a consultation with him and learn more about his best-selling books and his mastery course, a step-by-step process for resolving problem areas, healing relationships, and creating a great life. Bill will show you how to be effective in handling whatever life brings you. As an energetic healer and channel, I would be honored to work with you in a private session. You can choose from a selection of techniques and private sessions with Yeshua at spiritualinsightsradio.com. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter to receive important announcements about the show. Well, today we'll explore vulnerability and why the willingness to be vulnerable is your greatest protection. So let's get started. Welcome back, Bill. So great to see you again. Hi there. It's great to be here. Oh, vulnerability. It's a scary word, is it not? Yes, 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 yes. It, it really is. It's, it's, it's scary uh, because we feel like the, if, we're, if we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, we're going to be hurt. So what we do to make sure we don't get hurt is we put up our walls of protection. Right. But what we don't realize is that when we put up our walls of protection, we actually create opposition and resistance against us. Absolutely. See, and and when you're willing to be vulnerable, we do the opposite. When When you're willing to be vulnerable, then the love that is who we are comes forth and then that dissolves opposition and resistance. Here's a way to see this. We work so hard trying to become a success, trying to become good enough, trying to become this, trying to become that, thinking that it will somehow bring us love. Right. But it doesn't. You're never going to love somebody because they're a success or they're good enough. You may respect them, but you're never going to love them for it. Right. 
if you look at what melts your heart is when somebody's willing to be vulnerable. When somebody sheds a tear, when somebody allows himself to be human. True. Because when, when we let down our walls of protection, literally the love that is who we are comes forth. And then as that love comes forth, then when our walls are down, it makes it safe for the people around us to let their walls come down. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And when my walls are down and your walls are down, the love in me connects with the love in you and you have something really beautiful. Well, well put. So one of the keys to having a great relationship and one of the keys to life is that willingness to be vulnerable. Because when you have that willingness to be vulnerable, the love that is who we are comes forth, which actually dissolves opposition and resistance. But what we do instead is we put our walls up. And then when we have our walls up, we radiate a very negative energy. We do. Just look at look at how you feel when people, are, their walls are real thick. You don't feel comfortable around them. Right. When our walls are up, we radiate negativity. We radiate resistance, which then creates opposition and resistance against us. Uh-huh. So for me, I want to be vulnerable. I seek to be vulnerable because life works so much better in that state. And, and the willingness to be vulnerable, it doesn't mean be a doormat. It doesn't mean be a doormat. It doesn't mean let the train roll over you. You say no when you need to say no. You do what you need to do, but you keep an open heart. There it is. And, that, and, and there it is. It's like that open heart creates love. And with it comes truth, which is undeniable. There can be no defense against truth. Let's, yeah. look, at, let's look at the mechanics of this. Like, as you said, perfectly. That when we are, we have our walls up, when we have our defenses up, what are we basically doing? We're radiating resistance and opposition, yeah. like you said. And yeah. it makes that other person feed off of that energy. Yeah. This doesn't, it's, it's not to say that it's a guarantee that when we dissolve those defenses and those walls, that the other person will do the same. However, it does improve the situation. Yeah. But I like yeah. to say, that you know when you're in opposition to another especially in a close relationship like a romantic relationship i want to incorporate uh work relationships uh neighbors it doesn't matter what relationship it is if there's opposition you've got a problem what we tend to do with our defenses is protect ourselves we're protecting our fears we're protecting the story behind what we're feeling so instead of protecting a story think of it like this there are three sides to every story. There's yours, there's theirs, the opposing party, but there's also the truth. And when you can step up to a situation willing to be truthful, not only with yourself but the other person, it takes that energy of resistance to such a yeah. lower level where you really can connect and you really can convey the appropriate information rather than what we all tend to do by keeping those shields up, we're basically manipulating the situation and the other person and justifying 
what it is we think is right. Yeah. It just leads to further conflict. Wouldn't you yeah. agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, one of the keys in resolving conflict is the ability to listen. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's something interesting. It's like you look at an argument. You know, anytime there's an argument, whenever there's an argument, you have two people talking, nobody is listening. Right. It is physically impossible to have an argument with somebody that's listening. Whenever there's an argument, I'm trying to push my point of view on you, but you could care less what I have to say. You're only interested in pushing your point of view on me. And I can care less what you have to say. I'm only interested in pushing my point of view on you. And then what happens is it's like this pushing against each other. Nothing gets, nothing is getting resolved. Nothing is getting communicated. Mm -hmm. And the cycle of conflicts is, is expanding dramatically. There's the manipulation. Yeah. Trying to convince the other that you're right yeah. instead of listening. Yeah. And then, and then something about that, you can be right or you can have law. But you will never, never, never have them both. Because in order to be right, you have to make the other person wrong, and that destroys love. But mm -hmm. when you have love, who cares who's right? So being love doesn't, right. Real love doesn't care who's right or wrong. It cares absolutely. about the harmony that you're trying to achieve. Absolutely. So, so. You can be right or you can have love, but you'll never have them both because they're mutually exclusive. Absolutely. You get a choice. And I would rather have love than, than be right. What I like to say when it comes to a situation like this is that the idea, yes, of being vulnerable is rather scary. But it, what's more frightening is that what you are working so hard to protect are your fears. Yeah. You're working hard to protect what you see as weakness in yourself. Yeah. So to truly step up, you have to stand in your power and you get that power from truth yeah. and from love. And when you tap into that, that power and that strength, then truth needs no defense because it simply is. Then it can only yeah. offer you freedom to listen, convey, and ascend from whatever conflict you're in. Yes? That freedom in that experience of love, that experience of oneness. It's like life works incredibly. It does. Yeah. Now here's something very interesting. We keep up our walls of protection so we don't have to feel the hurt. But here's the thing that's so interesting. What side of the wall is the hurt on? Mm-hmm, the inside. It's the inside. So our walls of protection don't keep the hurt out. Our walls of protection keep the hurt in. Absolutely. So the so one of the keys to the, the willingness to be vulnerable is to be willing to be hurt. And to be willing to be hurt again and again and again and again. The more you're willing to be hurt, the irony is the less you're going to be hurt. But it's that willingness. You look at a fear. What creates a fear is resisting a future event. Mm -hmm. So if I have a fear of 
losing somebody. I'm resisting the future event called losing the person. If I have a fear of being hurt, I'm resisting this future event called being hurt. The more we resist the future event, the bigger of our fear. The bigger our fear, the more we're threatened. The more we're threatened, the more we act destructively, which tends to bring to us the very hurt we're avoiding. So mm -hmm. to have any fear lose its power, you got to do the opposite of what gives it power. Instead of resisting the future event, be willing for it to happen. Not in your actions, but in your heart. In your actions, you do everything you can to make sure it doesn't happen, but in your heart, if it happens, it happens, I'll deal with it. So if I'm yes. willing to lose a relationship, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to save the relationship, but if she goes, she goes, I'll deal with it. I'm willing to lose the relationship. That makes me very, very effective. And it's the same thing with hurt. The more you're willing to be hurt, the more the fear disappears, the more you become effective. And then the, the, the less you're going to be hurt. Yes. Let me, let me add, go ahead. And then the will, and if you do get hurt, the willingness to feel it has the hurt come and go quickly. Yes. Like feeling the hurt willingly like a child. When you're willing to feel it, it comes and it goes. It, it will, it will dissipate more quickly than you can imagine. So I wanted to add a, a, a visual to this. Uh, take, for instance, you have a wound and you have it covered up with a bandage or a Band-Aid. The idea of being vulnerable then is to kind of expose the wound and give it air to breathe so that it can heal, air it out. Removing the bandage or the Band-Aid, while it may be painful, we all know from experience the pain goes away quickly. It's the fear of the pain that yeah. makes it that much more rattling to us. So it's the fear leading up to that action of ripping off the bandage. But when you do it quickly and when you give that wound air to breathe and let it let it do its thing, let the energy do its thing, that's when the hurt heals. And that is when you allow yourself to be heard with the D. And you get to hear the other person. You step to you step forward towards each other instead of backing away and fortifying those walls with that defense that you're trying to protect those fears of. I, I get it. Many of the fears can be obvious or inevitable, as in the case of losing somebody. You've had plenty of couples to work with. It was inevitable that they couldn't save their marriages as a divorce attorney. It was inevitable. But it didn't have to be so toxic so you gave people a chance to release some of that toxicity by speaking their truth another thing that's interesting is that the areas of life that work great are areas where we can flow with whatever happens mm -hmm. the areas of life that don't work are areas where we can't flow absolutely and why we can't flow is because these areas of life hurt. They strike a nerve. They do. And, the, and then the more you're willing to feel that hurt, then the hurt loses power. And so do those areas of life. Right. So one of the keys in life is that willingness to be hurt again and again and again. Which does not mean set yourself up to get hurt. It just right. If it comes, it comes. 
And also, if I've got hurt in me, I want to do everything I can to get it out of me. Because as long as that hurts in me, it's going to get triggered. But the more mm -hmm. I'm willing to feel it, the more it goes, the less there is to get triggered. Yes. And, and as we've said time and time again on the show over the past nine years now, you know, a lot of what happens in front of you that is painful isn't quite about what's in front of you. It's triggering a past hurt. It's like yeah. having a bruise and someone goes to hug you, but they don't know the bruise is there and they hug yeah. you and it hurts you, yeah. but you have to see it for what it is. They didn't know. They really just touched on the hurt that was already there that hasn't quite healed yet. So we need to give space for that. And we need to, um, you know, when we say, I, I can see everybody kind of shrinking back when we hear, when they hear us say, be vulnerable, be willing to get hurt. It's not so much about, you know, being reckless in a sense where, you know, I could, you know, run into busy traffic and ignore danger. We certainly don't want to ignore danger signs. But what we're saying is don't be afraid of getting hurt. Each circumstance has potential to hurt. But it doesn't always have to, especially when you bring these ingredients to the table that Bill and I are describing. Would you agree, Bill? Yeah. And then there's a huge difference between being vulnerable and being willing to be vulnerable. Because you don't want to be vulnerable. You do what you need to do. It's just it's the willingness to be vulnerable. That key is in the willingness. And when you're willing to be vulnerable, the resistance dissolves, the fear dissolves, and then you radiate a lot. But the irony is the more you're willing to be vulnerable, it's actually the greatest protection. The more you're willing to be vulnerable, you become invulnerable. That's when you're standing in your power. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it so so it's not so so it's not about be vulnerable. It's about be willing to be vulnerable, which gives you your power. Absolutely. Yeah. And another big part of this is the willingness to be human, which is totally separate from your ego. Mm-hmm. So I want to give an example of this. Okay. Um, we've all been humbled. Well, Absolutely. when we're humbled, that's actual, it's a very painful, uncomfortable state, but it's also, it's a holy state. It is. And the reason it's holy, the reason it's painful is because our ego has just been ripped away from us. When you're humbled, your ego has been ripped away. Mm -hmm. So that makes it painful. But at the same time, it becomes a very holy state for the exact same reason. Your ego has just been taken away. And what we're left with is who we are, which is that state of love. Mm -hmm. So whenever you get humble, that's being humble at the effect as a victim. What you want to do is move into the state of being humble at choice. And when you're humble at choice, everything becomes different. Your priorities change. How much work you spend at the office isn't important anymore. 
Mm. What's important is the law. It's the flower. It's the friendship. Yes. When you're in that state of humble, life becomes very, very different. Especially because without the ego, yes. you yeah, that it, that is the ultimate defense mechanism. It is going to take the truth and twist it. Yeah. It's a case, it's a scenario where um, when you're in that state and your ego has a very strong grip on you, um, I'm careful not to say that people have big egos, but the ego can get a very strong grip on you. And when you're in that state, I like to say that the ego can and will take everything the other person says, twist it around and use it against them. Yeah. It never ends. It goes around and around and around. You want to stop this, and, and humility is the way to clear the decks for well, real communication. Yeah, and if you look at the, an ego, the whole purpose of the ego is, is survival. Right. But you see, we've misidentified the threat. Right. See, the the backbone of the survival is running from the childhood hurt of feeling worthless, not good enough, not worth loving, failure, that sort of thing. Unvalidated. So, mm -hmm. so our ego is about trying to prove that we're special, we're important, we are good enough, we are the opposite of the hurt. Right. So, so when you own these aspects of you, um, that's a threat to our survival. See? Absolutely. So it so it fuels the ego, and and ultimately in the ego, uh, we're threatened. The ego is based on fear, and in that state of fear, all ultimately all we can do is fight, resist, hang on, withdraw, trying to force people in life to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. The ego is not about love, but the more the ego fades away. The more we're present with who we are, which is that state of love. And this takes practice because it's not easy to just, you know, kind of expose your chest and step into something and be totally, totally vulnerable without fear. We're not asking that anybody do this. It does take practice, but you will find over time that that when the ego is involved, you're going to have a goal. The ego will always have a goal and it's going to distract you from the real goal of healing. And healing is only possible through that openness, that open-heartedness, vulnerability, honesty, and truth. It really works. It starts with a choice. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am willing to be vulnerable. It starts with a choice. I am willing. And I'm scared and I'm willing. I'm willing to be hurt again and again and again. And I'm scared and I'm willing. And one of the things that makes the willingness easier, one of the things that makes letting go easier is trusting. But it's not trusting that life's going to turn out like we want because very often it doesn't. Mm -hmm. It's trusting that no matter how life turns out, we'll be fine. No matter what happens, I'll be fine. And that also starts as a choice, and it's a declaration. I will be okay. I will be okay. Taking that stand, making that declaration, declaration I will be okay, I will be okay, becomes easier when you look at your past. Yes. 
We've all had difficult times, but the nature of difficult times is they come, they run their course and they go. Difficult times are always, always, always temporary. The only question, they're gonna come and they go. The only question is how fast. When we fight them, they move very slowly. When we flow with them, they move quickly. Another real big thing about difficult times. You know, I look in my life and I can see that, you know, I've had my share of very painful times and I look at mm -hmm. the difficult times of my life and, and I notice that great things have come from every one of them. There's been a healing, a shift in awareness, a change of direction. And I look at my life today and I wouldn't have the life I have today had it not been for the painful times of my past. Mm -hmm. and, and I've found that that's true with everybody. So difficult times are brought to us. They're brought to us for our good. They're brought to us for our healing. They're brought to us for our growth. And you look in your past and see that, that every difficult time we've ever had, we've been fine. And not only we've been fine, we've been better off because of it. And then you extend that to the future. If I'm in a difficult time now, you know, I'm going to be fine. Right now, I don't see it, but I know I'm going to be fine. You can believe it because it's yeah. true. Yeah, it, it really is. And I suspect that ultimately all of our lessons are brought to us so that we can learn how to let go and trust. Because when you're in that state of letting go and trusting, we return to who we are and life just works. And that willingness to be vulnerable, that's part of that. It does. And you reach a state of self-realization that you didn't think was imaginable, I feel. Yeah. And in that state of peace, you're happy, you're alive, you're free. Instead of life being on top of you, you're on top of life. You have a very positive attitude. You radiate that positive energy and great things happen around you. And that's the natural state. That's what's there when we get past the junk. There it is. And then the opportunity of life is to learn to, de to develop your ability to live there. Right. And so, so looking at circumstances, I'm still, I'm still honing in on uh, listeners' reactions to being willing to be vulnerable, being willing to get hurt. Because that's the last thing they want is more hurt. Obviously, if there's a conflict, you're already hurting. So in addressing the situation by being vulnerable, what we're really saying is allow yourself the room and the space to allow flow to occur, to yeah. allow healing to occur, and offer the same to the other person in the scenario. And one thing that makes that a little easier is when you look at the destructiveness of resistance. What resistance is, it's fighting the truth. It's fighting the way things are. It's fighting how things may become. Mm -hmm. My will shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh -huh. we're, trying to, we're trying to force things to be a certain way. But when we do that, we create a state of fear and upset. We destroy our ability to see what needs to be done and we make things worse. Mm -hmm. So what letting go is, letting go is simply the removal of the resistance. 
Absolutely. Letting go the willingness to be hurt, the willingness for my fears to come true, the willingness for anything to happen is just letting go of the resisting, trusting, letting go of the resisting, which removes the fear and the upset, which restores your effectiveness. Uh-huh. See, letting go is totally, totally separate from your actions. Letting go is the inner technique that allows you to see what action you need to take. When you're in that state of peace, you can make decisions and take action based on facts. When we're in a state of fear and upset, our actions and decisions are based on emotion, which is guaranteed to make things worse. Yes. So the willingness to be vulnerable, the willingness to be hurt, the willingness for my fears to come true, the willingness for anything to happen is simply the removing of the resistance so that I get my peace back so that I can see what I need to do to have my life be great. And sometimes you got to do difficult things. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. But you, but in that state of peace, you can see what they are. And in that state of peace, you can, you can take the action you need to take. I think what goes along with the resistance, a, a good portion of it, is the fear of being wrong and then the fear of being ashamed. I think we're all, assuming we're all adults here, I think we're all big enough to be able to admit when we're wrong. And if you can't, then that's where you need to start. It's about looking at a situation, like I, I like the way you always say it, look at the facts of the situation. If you look at it through the lens of fear, it's going to be exaggerated. It's going to be pulled out of proportion. It will be distorted. The ego will take things and twist it. It will remind you of the story behind the feelings that you're experiencing at that time. And it will push you, urge you to defend all those because it is going to be reminding you what it's really doing in the background. It's telling you that you're weak and you're not. If you stand in that power of vulnerability and humility, okay, and then keeping in mind that what is holding you back are really your hopes, your fears, your expectations, and your attachments. You don't want any of these things being shattered, but they are all part of the great illusion. And so when you look at, I'm sorry, I'm a diehard A Course in Miracles student, teacher. When you look at this illusion that, that you're kind of trying to navigate, when you bring love into it, it's like shining a light on it. Bring yeah. love into it. Bring that humility into it and, and offer all offer the other person in the conflict everything that you would wish for yourself. And that's a good start. I love the quote from Martin Luther King. It said, love is the only power strong enough to turn an enemy into a friend. Absolutely. Like the power of the universe is in love. Love is the power of the universe. And our job is to get back to that state, to live in that presence of love. Because in that presence of love, life just plain works. And it's not as horrible as it would look going into a situation. I know there are many scenarios we can paint for everybody. And, and I'm sure everybody has their own scenarios that they can draw upon. I think some of the hardest things, some of the scariest things, happen 
when we are unwilling to allow a misperception to be corrected. When we just don't see the situation clearly. Like I said in the beginning, there's your side, there's their side, and then there's the truth. But the truth, the truth can't be altered. It can't be bent. It can't be um, used for you to just justify is. something. It, it just is. There's nothing to add or subtract. Yeah, just it just is. Biggest thing that keeps us from flowing with what the biggest thing that keeps us from flowing with what is is our childhood hurt. Yes, let's that go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that childhood hurt of feeling worthless, not good enough, that sort of thing. That's mm -hmm. that's the thing that creates all of our suffering. All, all, all destructive behavior comes from the avoidance of the hurt. But when you get rid of the hurt, the only thing's left is love. And in that state of love, there is no destructive behavior. So because you've, you've removed all of those steps. Yeah. Yeah. And then very specifically, and I know we've mentioned this before, but what that, as a child, we get hurt. We experience very painful losses of love. We create the belief that we're worthless, not good enough, not worth loving or whatever, which has nothing to do with the truth. But in the eyes of a little child, in that moment of deep hurt, it becomes our truth. And then we fight the belief we created and we fight all the emotion associated with it, which then magnifies it into a nightmare and turns it into a monster. And then we spend our lives running from it, not realizing that everything we do to run from it, to prove it isn't so, creates more of it. And... Elephant in the room, if everyone closes their eyes for a moment and just allows memories to come up, you'll notice that the people you fight with most often are the ones who come dangerously close to proving those misperceptions about yourself right, that you are worthless and unlovable and, and all of these um, erroneous beliefs about oneself yeah. based on the yeah. actions of another and you don't even know where those people were coming from, the parents, the people who raised you the immediate, the nuclear family everybody yeah. ha is coming from a different place, so to get back to who you really are really is your best chance at advancing above and beyond even having to take in this information, it does take practice though yeah, yeah and, and, and it takes it takes diligence, but the thing is, all this stuff can get healed. It can. It's, it's possible to be in that experience of love most all the time. It's possible to be on top of life most all the time. What do you think is the situation or the, the emotion that gets in the way and, and interrupts that continuity of staying in that state? Well, the real big thing is how we've been taught to relate to hurt. Mm. You could want to cry about something. I'll give you something to cry about. Right. Mm -hmm. We learn to run from hurt. But look, but the natural process is to purge it. The body is designed to purge itself of impurities. It, it is. And the best way to see how the and, and hurt is a major impurity that causes unbelievable damage. It also messes up our health big time so the body just naturally wants to purge it and the way to see how the body does is, is to look at little kids little kids are masters at releasing hurt 
Mm-hmm. They cry and they cry and they cry. And when they get through crying, the hurt's gone. Yes, yeah, it's amazing to watch. <laughs> and, and the thing that little kids do, and this is the thing that's so important, is they feel their hurt willingly. Feeling the hurt, crying, does not equal healing. Mm-hmm. It's how we feel it determines whether it goes or it stays. And there's two different ways to feel it. You can feel it at cause or at the effect. You can feel mm-hmm. it willingly or unwillingly. Normally in our culture, we feel it as a victim of our circumstances. Right. And when you feel the hurt at, at the effect as a victim of our circumstances, a person can cry hours a day for months. And not get close. Not get close. But if you take the exact same hurt and feel it willingly like a child, deliberately and purposely because you choose to, you can have a major healing in moments. See, that's the natural healing process. We're created with the ability to restore our peace fast, no matter what our circumstances are. But our culture teaches us the opposite. Run from your hurt. And then when you run from your hurt, when you suppress it, then it turns into pain and then it becomes a threat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then some circumstance rolls around, triggers the emotion, it triggers the emotion to bring it to the surface to be purged. And we stuff it back down again. But because we're because we're threatened by it. Mm -hmm. So so that experience of pain comes up to be purged. We're threatened by it. So we push it back down mm-hmm. and then it gets bigger. Yes. The more you resist it, you increase yeah. its intensity, but, yeah. but your willingness to actually feel it in its original form, that's where the holiness yeah. comes in. That's yeah. where you're reminded of your holiness because once you're cleansed of that hurt, yeah. there's nothing left for other people to trigger. There's no more bruise for someone to accidentally press yeah. into. And every time you release a little bit more of your hurt, there's less hurt to get triggered in the future. And and and, and life works better and better and better. And so you're working yeah. with the emotions, with the pain, instead yeah. of fighting against it. That's right. That's right. So it goes back to, I'm willing to be hurt again and again and again. But it doesn't mean set yourself up to get hurt. It's like welcoming opportunities for more healing. See, if I've got hurt in me, it is going to get triggered. It is going to get triggered. Mm-hmm. The opportunity is whenever it gets triggered to release it. Yes. So that there's less hurt to get triggered in the future. So when I'm willing to be hurt again and again and again, anytime it gets triggered, it releases more. Mm-hmm. And my life works better. So not only am I willing to be hurt again and again, but bring it on. Let's just get it over with quickly. <laughs> You're a courageous soul. I want to bring in the topic of boundaries, however, because we are saying this is not to say that you're a doormat. This is not to say that you're going to lay down and let someone hurt you. There is such a thing as boundaries, and it's important as as much for you and your own personal boundaries as it is for the boundaries of others to acknowledge, to respect, and to honor those boundaries. So even within conflict, you can be honorable. You can be yeah. you can be operating from your higher wisdom, your higher self, that part of you that knows that what is needed here is the platform of love, not whatever trick you can pull out of your hat to confuse the other person 
to make them feel inferior to you so that you win the argument and you come out the the victor. Because let me tell you, all you're collecting are a bunch of meaningless emotional trophies. And many people may have already come to the realization, especially in light of what COVID has put us through, that they're feeling kind of empty. And so there are many people who really need to heal what it is they uncovered you know, through the process of quarantine and isolation. They really need this information. And the one thing about, about boundaries is very, very important to be able to say no when it's appropriate to say no. But you want to be careful to not draw a line in the sand. Yes. You know, you don't want to have your boundaries be like a point of view. Because when you're, when this is the rule, this is the line, don't cross it. Mm -hmm. Then you invite people to cross it. You do. And what you're creating is an ultimatum that it will leave you painted into a corner with no choice, but to honor what you think is that ultimatum. And you will walk away from something that absolutely had the potential to not only heal, but to improve and to grow and probably bring you more happiness then you give it credit for. The single most important quality in a relationship and the single most important quality in life is the willingness to feel your hurt. Because the more you're willing to feel your hurt, the more you're able to flow with life. And when you flow with life, you're very, very effective. I want to bring something up to continue and and go a a layer deeper into the childhood hurts. You don't have to be an emotional genius to figure this out. And what I want to propose to everybody is that when you see that you are in a conflict with someone or a situation that needs it needs resolution and you need to find your way through it and you're not sure how to navigate. One of the first things that I like to do is kind of do like a litmus test. Okay, what is the hurt I'm feeling? Is it fresh? Is it a fresh wound? Or is it a repeat of something from childhood? When you determine that it is a childhood hurt that has been You're having a reaction to it, so an emotion from childhood has been reactivated, quote-unquote. So if this is a reactivation of a previous hurt, you need to treat it as such. You need to step away. You need to back away. You need to say, excuse me. I just figured out something about myself. If you could give me a little room to go deal with this. In my relationships, what happens is when I say this respectfully, you know what? Figured something out. Give me a minute. It's not you. It's something else. I'll come back. And you step away and you say, okay, now. Let it up. Let it come up. What is it? And you can find that it isn't your partner. Let's let's stay in the arena of romantic par- uh, partnerships because that's where you are the most vulnerable, right? That's where the most secrets are shared, right? That's where you let people see that other side of you. And so – You may find when dealing with your partner that it isn't so much what they're doing or what they're saying or this um, idiosyncrasy that they have or this quirky characteristic they have that gets on your nerves and, and you just don't know why. 
If you sit with it, you may find that that behavior reminds you of one of your parents. And so it will save you a lot of time and angst if you, if you do this little litmus test and say, okay, what's really bothering me? It's not them. Again, it's this trigger from the past. It's the, the expression on someone's face when you were a child that made you feel dismissed. It can, you know, something about it. And when you look at that and you sit with that and work with that, accept it, acknowledge it, bless it, let it go. When you get back to the person who you think is hurting you or annoying you or, you know, just really ticking you off, it's kind of funny. And it's, and they're not as angry as you thought you were. Do you agree, Bill? Do you have examples like that? Yeah, I got a, one from this morning. <laughs> and it go is ahead. Very, very, very powerful example. There was a lady, her husband did something, and she's just been angry at him for a long time. The relationship is suffering. And she just she just so, so upset. And, and I started working with her. And first I had her see that the upset was not from the circumstances. The circumstances just triggered her hurt. Mm-hmm. And I had her see the hurt was. I had her see what the hurt was. And ultimately, for her... It was that childhood hurt of feeling worthless, not worth loving. Mm-hmm. And then I walked her through the process of healing that. And, you know, it just, it just created it like a, 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 a wonderful piece. And then, oh, and, and, uh, and I asked her, uh, you know, about what happened to the upset. Well, the, the hurt lost its power. The upset lost its power. Yeah. Then, then I walked her through the steps of forgiving her husband because what happens is the anger resentment and blaming are all pure defense mechanisms they're pointing over there so i don't have to look over here yep i don't want to see that i'm the problem namely worthless not good enough or whatever Mm -hmm. so so i so the first part of letting go of resentment is to heal that deeper hurt Mm -hmm. which I did with her. Then the next step is using the same steps that you would use to let go of a guilt. And that is noticing that that person has a very particular way of seeing life. That person has, you know, his own internal programming and that person is acting totally consistent with his extremely limited ability. If he was wiser and more aware, he'd be able to handle things differently, but he's not, he's only got what he's got. So are you willing to forgive the person for not being wiser and more aware? Are you willing to forgive the person for acting totally consistent with this limited ability? Are you willing to forgive the person for whatever damage the person's caused? And I would, and after you get rid of the, the, the hurt, letting go of the steps of forgiving are, are pretty easy. And then I asked her, do you see that underneath it all, you still love them? See, and the, the thing that I found is the love that's there at the height of any relationship, any relationship, never, never, never goes away. It just gets buried by all the junk. Yeah, I agree. When she saw that underneath it all, she loved him. You know, she shed a few tears and then she was left in that place of love. And when you come from the place of love, you create love. When you come from the place of upset, you create more upset. 
Yes. So she came from that place of love, and she couldn't wait to go find him and hug him. Oh, that's beautiful. You see, but all of that is such a demonstration of, of what you were talking about. You know, you get past, you look past the circumstances, you know, deal with the hurt, get past the hurt, you know, forgive the person and see that underneath it all, you love them. Hmm. And, and that's really what you need beautiful. to get back to. You said yeah. you walked her through the steps to forgiveness. I'm curious to know what your steps are. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about for guilt? You said this morning you, you, you then took her through the steps to forgiveness uh, after yeah. the hurt um, was identified. Okay, talk, talk about guilt. So guilt is never, never, never caused by what we did. Okay. Guilt, guilt is something that we add later when we see the consequences of what we did. Right. <laughs> see, if yes. guilt was truly caused by what we did, we would have the guilt instantly. But that's not the case. Guilt is something that we add later with the benefit of hindsight. See, and, and also in our growth, we have to learn so much the hard way. We have to mess up to gain our awareness. True. So it's, it's, it's a shame that we have to learn so much the hard way. But what's really tough is then we add guilt. Guilt is very destructive. It destroys your relationship with yourself. It sabotages your capacity to receive. It does all sorts of nasty it stuff. Ruins everything, yes. Yeah. So, so the steps in letting go over guilt is to first go back in time the moment you did whatever you did. And then mm -hmm. notice that in that moment, if you knew then what you know today, wouldn't you have handled things very differently? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of course you would have. But you didn't know then. You didn't know then you had to mess up to gain that awareness. Now you know it and you know it in your heart, not just your head. Right. So, so then the next question is, are you willing to forgive yourself for not knowing? Because you couldn't have known. You had to mess up in order to gain that awareness. Mm -hmm. So are you willing to forgive yourself for not knowing? And are you willing to forgive yourself for acting totally consistent with your not knowing? I will say that most people, in my experience and observation, will find it easier to forgive someone else for not knowing than it is to forgive themselves for not yeah. knowing the yeah. same thing at the same level. Don't you agree? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And it helps to notice that at that point when we did what we did, if we knew then, we would be able to, we would have been able to handle things different, but we didn't know it. Right. Even if you think you know it, you didn't know it enough in your heart to change your actions. Yes. It's, it's yeah. like looking at a picture of yourself when you were a child and then resenting yourself for looking like a child. Yeah. yeah. You can't. Yeah. It's you can't do this to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and we're all, every single one of us, all 7 billion of us, we're going through life doing the very best we can with the very limited equipment that we got. Exactly. All so 7 like, billion of us. All 7 billion of us. So you got to be willing to be human. You got to be willing to be human. Every now and then I'll think of some event from the, something I did from the past that I wish I hadn't done. And then I notice it's like, it's just 
part of being human. Yeah. And then the more you can allow yourself to be human, the more you have peace and the more you create in an environment where people around you can be human. Yes. And which then creates love. Here's an example, and this doesn't mean that it will always work out in your favor, okay? You're not always going to be able to save face, okay? It's not always going to play out like a scene in a movie where you have, you know, the antagonist and the protagonist, and they're fighting back and forth, and by the end of the movie, they're best friends. Yeah. It's not always going to end that way. I have seen some things that did. But what I want to emphasize is no matter who you're dealing with, it could be your worst enemy. It could be the bane of your existence, this person. I still say never be afraid to apologize. When you know you're wrong, when you know you could have done better, because you know to what standard you are being held. It's, not, it's none of your business to what standard that other person is being held. You don't lower yourself. You don't stoop. You meet them where they are to the best of your ability. But when you know you did less than you're capable of, go apologize to that person and watch the look in their eyes when you do. Another way of saying this, which is so, I mean, what you're saying is so profound, so true. Relationships are not 50-50, they are 100-100. Absolutely. How I am towards you determines how you're gonna to respond to me. I am 100% responsible for the presence or absence of love and you are 0%. Yep. The other side of the coin is that you're 100% responsible and I'm just going to respond to you. So I'm 100% responsible. I interact. If I accept and appreciate you, you feel one way. If I'm judgmental, critical, controlling, you're going to feel another way. Literally, how I am towards you determines how you're going to respond to me. Each person is 100% responsible. When you own, and normally what we do is we focus on the other person's 100% responsibility. And when we do that, we give the person all of our power, even though what we're telling is the truth. Mm -hmm. Where you get your power is when you can see your role in the problem. And then, and then, and then like when I go to the other person, when I go to you or when I go to the other person and own my 100%, it defuses everything. Yeah. On this show, nobody gets away with calling in and trying to say that they were a victim and had no contribution whatsoever to whatever scenario they're trying to describe. You're yeah. just not getting away with it here. Yeah. But um, I know we intend for the show to be 30 minutes, but we're on a roll. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to keep going because I have a, just one or two more points to add because right. this is this is totally um, this is totally my jam. Um, I want to talk about responsibility and I want to talk about some tactics of defense. It needs to be said because I've seen this type of personality over and over and over, not only in my nightmares, but real life. <laughs> and what many people can do is they can try to set up their defense mechanisms and, and their shields in anticipation of being hurt even when they don't even fully know the ins and outs of another person's personality. Now, how do they do this? They declare how sensitive they are. Oh, you can't say those things. You can't do that. You can't act that way because I'm sensitive. And I've run into this type of behavior before where they play the vulnerable card. Yeah. The, the victim, the, the vulnerable victim card, let's call it that. Not the vulnerable loving 
stand in your power card, but the little victim card that where you are um, uh, targeted, right? Yeah. Nobody's nobody's really a target unless they allow themselves to be. But anyway, in if you know somebody, of course, I'm not accusing anyone listening to this right now of doing this. Who I'm talking about are the other people in your lives. Okay, you know who I'm talking about. When people declare that they are, you know, so sensitive where you notice that someone is just so sensitive, no matter what you do or say, you always wind up being wrong. You always did something uh, that you shouldn't have done or said something in a way that you shouldn't have said it. This person is always hurt by the actions of others and the words of others. What I've determined through observing people like this is what happened is they had enormous hurt in their childhoods. They had enormous rejection and uh, dismissal or you know they were treated with indifference which is so much more painful I think for me than hatred right when when a parent or a, an authority figure or a caregiver treats you with indifference you know and doesn't really care about your feelings it can build up a lot of bruises let's look at somebody just covered in bruises but I will also say that some people can try to use it to their advantage to control other people and in that case, what I will say is that when they claim or when you observe that they are just so overly sensitive, what you're actually observing are the byproducts of an outraged ego. The way around this is you have to stand in your power and take responsibility for your words and actions. You can declare this to the other person. I'm taking responsibility. Perhaps there is um, something I could have said a little differently. I could have said it a little less sharply. Perhaps I will take care of that in the future, but in the meantime, um, I, I want people to be aware that some people can try to use this as a manipulation tool. Yeah, and you can't sell your soul to make somebody happy. Exactly. Walking on eggshells doesn't work. And yeah, if you're yeah. twisting yourself up like origami, you're going the wrong way. Here's something very interesting about what you just said. I found in my work with people there are there are people who want. To keep their hurt yes they want to keep their hurt and the reason they want to keep their hurt is because subconsciously it's the perfect excuse yes hey what can you expect of me i'm just worthless i'm not good enough i'm broken you know i'm broken what can you expect of me i don't have to be responsible for my life i don't have to step up to the plate i don't have to take action i can sit back and bitch and complain mm -hmm. see but the thing is is that that defense mechanism, and it's not, a, it's not a conscious defense mechanism, it's a subconscious defense mechanism. In most cases, yeah. Yeah, so we have that, that subconscious defense mechanism to protect us from the hurt. The only problem is it creates more of it because when you can't be responsible for your life, you can't produce the result you want. Exactly. So you stay in a state of suffering forever, mm -hmm. or at least until you heal. Mm-hmm. You know what's coming to my mind right now? Yeah. You know how, and, and some people employ this tactic as well, is on the surface it seems that they are sharing of themselves and sharing with you those things. Picture a new relationship, a new romantic alliance, right? And they're sharing with you things that really, really hurt them. You know, oh, this really hurts me, and yeah. this really hurts me. A lot of times what they're doing 
or perhaps the effect of, of what they've said, I think it's a double-edged sword. They're kind of saying, please don't ever do this. It's a deal breaker. But they're also saying, this is what you need to pay attention to. This is what yeah. you need to tiptoe around. Yeah. Yeah. But what yeah. happens is you wind up focusing on it so much that you wind up doing it anyway. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those, don't and, say it, don't say it, don't say it. And then you go ahead and say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and whatever a person's hurt is, it that hurt is going to get triggered. See, that person's trying to get me to act a certain way so the hurt doesn't get triggered. It just doesn't work. Now, here's another another piece of the puzzle of this is that in relationships, it is never, never, never your job to make me happy. It's not your job to make me happy. Mm-hmm. I got to get my happiness from within me and from my life and bring my happiness to the relationship. 100%. And when I bring, when I bring my happiness to the relationship, the relationship flourishes. When I try to get my happiness from the other person, I strangle it. I kill it. Yeah. And, and the same thing is true, not just in a relationship, but in our lives. It's not life's job to make me happy. Yeah. I got to get that happiness from within me and from my life and bring my happiness to my life. And when you, when you take responsibility for your happiness, you have power. You can navigate any situation, no matter how constrictive, restrictive, oppressive. It's like, it's like, um, who was that? Um, Her name's not coming to mind. She wrote the book. I know why the bird, the caged. I know why the caged bird sings. Maya Angelou. It was that Maya Angelou. I know why the caged bird sings. Um, she was a poet. Uh, very, uh, very celebrated. And in this imagery, you know, the bird's in a cage, but he sings anyway. It's about those acceptance of circumstances, feeling your hurt, and saying, you know what? In spite of everything, I'm still okay. Yeah. I'm yeah, still that's okay. Beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, and I'll have to fact check myself on that, but I think it's Maya Angelou, and the name of the book is "I Know Why the Cur- Be- I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings." I'm tripping over my tongue now. And and our level of happiness, our fear, our upset, all these things. None of them ultimately are the result are the result of our circumstances. It's all about how we relate to our circumstances. I agree. Peace is possible in any situation. I've experienced it. I've also experienced being, you know, like a crazy banshee over something that really wasn't all that important. Yeah. We get we get multiple opportunities to yeah you know visit every color in the rainbow of emotion and get that experience that we need to be emotionally intelligent. But this is how we need to move forward. It's all about allowing allowing something that occurs naturally in life, because defending against it, shielding yourself from it, building that wall, thinking you're you know keeping other people out when you're keeping that that hurt inside it's 
all about developing our ability to let go and flow with life. And the key to doing that is to be willing to feel your hurt. There you go. Be willing to be hurt. Say it again. To be willing to be hurt again and again. Yes, to be willing to be hurt again and again and again. And in that place, life just works. You're creative, you're resourceful, you see clearly, you hear that voice from within, you can be guided. Yeah. That's, that's the name of the game. Yeah, and when you do it efficiently, you can go to bed with tears in your eyes and say, today was a painful day that really hurt. And then say, oh, well, tomorrow's a different day. My consciousness can shift overnight. Yeah. And, and be open to that. Say a prayer for that. Bring me a shift in consciousness, a holy instant. And you'll be okay. Say again. For me, when I'm in that place, I separate the circumstance from the emotion. I notice that the circumstance is outside of me. The emotion is inside of me. Right. And then I dive into it. I cried as hard as I can. I fake. And almost all the time, there aren't any real tears. So I fake the tears. And what I found is when you exaggerate the emotion, Mm-hmm. You vaporize it. No kidding. Okay. So it's like, so so I won't go to bed upset. I'm going to get that junk out of me. Need to purge to it. Gotcha. I like that. I like that. Say again. It, life just works better that way. Yeah. It's, it's just, why, why not unlock the container and, and, let some air in, you know, open the window, so to speak, open the window to the emotions, let some air in, take a deep breath and hit the reset button. You'll be okay. Got it. And so much like what we've been talking about is so opposite of what we've been taught. All of it is. Yeah. So you got to be willing to think unthinkable thoughts. And, you know, and that takes us back to, okay, so let's, let's, bring up organized religion or faith-based teachings, whatever, whatever a person um, might be wrestling with, you know, a lot of what we were taught was to desensitize us, stop us from feeling our emotions, to not think freely and to not be who we are, to fit into some mold. You have to be okay with the fact that you fell for it for a little while. You have to forgive yourself for having gone along Deaf, dumb, and blind. Yeah. 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 And it's all part of being human. It and is. Another thing, another thing that I've, that I've seen is that there seems to be this divine choreography for each one of us where we go down this path that it's not our choosing, but it is our path. Yeah. And we've been brought the lessons that we need and that where this path ultimately brings us to is that state of love, that state of oneness, that state of peace, that experience of being connected to God. Ultimately, that's where the path goes. And I will life, wrap this. Yep. Go ahead. Life is constantly bringing to us and putting in our face the lessons we need to get there. Yeah. And if you can flow with that, you go down the path quickly. If you don't, you move down the path very slowly. This is very true. 
So I will wrap it up with these thoughts that, you know, it is your path. And some circumstances can really bring you to your knees. Get on your knees. Get on your knees and let it happen. Let the parts of you fall away that need to fall away. Trying to retain certain aspects of your consciousness or your identity are only going to bring you more pain. It's not that that God gives and God doesn't give us more than we can handle. This is what we signed up for. So even though we didn't consciously say, hey, I think I'll make things harder on myself for myself for a little while. The soul is is driving that ship. You know, the soul is really taking you on this journey. It's up to how you react to it that really determines what level of happiness you can achieve. And I say if, you know, if you're if you're being given this task, whatever you're going through right now, that no amount of growth on this planet is not associated with some level of discomfort. Some things can be uncomfortable. You can, you know, commit a faux pas at a social gathering. You can trip and fall in the street. You have to be able to laugh and say that's life. You have to be able to take things less seriously and take your humanness more seriously. That allows much more room for expansion and contraction. And that's what you go through. Anyway, those are my final thoughts. What are your final thoughts, Bill? Let's create, let's introduce a final thoughts segment uh, within the segment. Well, it's all, all about developing your ability to live in the experience of love. Yeah. And the key to doing that is to learn how to heal inside, to let go and flow with life. Absolutely. And then the, the more you seek it, the more it gets revealed. And it takes willingness. Just that one little crack of willingness in that fortress. Miracles can happen. Speaking of miracles, if you would like to, uh, if you study A Course in Miracles, and you would go, you would like to go a little deeper into uh, weakness and defense, turn to chapter 22, section 5, weakness and defense. That will help you take this uh, a lot deeper. I love that section. I love, I love the whole idea of defenselessness. It's your ultimate power. So ironic, the willingness to be vulnerable is your greatest protection. It's your greatest strength. Yeah, because it dissolves opposition and resistance against you. It really does. Try it. You'll like it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Bill, once again, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your love, your light, and your insights. It's just such a joy to sit and have these conversations with you. I love having these conversations with you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're so welcome. My joy. All right, everyone, go to masteryoflife.com to book a consultation with Bill. Learn more about his best-selling books and his mastery course. I'm sure he would love to hear from you. Spiritual Insights Radio is where you want to go to sign up for the newsletter, and I would be honored to work with you in a private session. Let's get to the bottom of what's really bothering you from that childhood of yours. Uh, one of my strengths is the ability to remove and neutralize a lot of those traumas and hurts so I can um, – certainly be of service to you if you would like to if you would trust me with that all right everyone that's our show for today until next time god bless and be at peace